Welcome to The Business Grind, where we give you an inside perspective on what it takes to start, build, and run a successful business. Here are your hosts, Danny Shaw and Sean Michael Wellington. All right, welcome back to everyone in podcast land. We're back with part two of our episode with Jessica Spaulding, founder of the Harlem Chocolate Factory. We hope you enjoy. When that two weeks came up and went by and then the world started getting bad and I was like oh okay well you know we survived everything else but this is the end of Harlem Chocolate Factory Mm. (laughs) but at the same time like you still kind of gotta keep pushing right right? Right. like you like in my head I'm like oh it's over but we got it's it's a bunch of people that's here now right that's and what started happening is our customers started like writing us like yo i had the worst day because remember our whole business was reliant on corporate gifting and corporate ordering Mm -hmm. we never really relied on our retail component and with that all of our events for the rest of the year like our bread and butter have been canceled all of our corporate orders that was coming in. Mm-hmm. So like you're talking about in the series of a month, $100,000 loss. Mm. Like, mm. I'm like, oh, <laughs> listen, I tell all about, I tell everybody, like I lost $10 one time getting on a train and I was <laughs> devastated. <laughs> I was devastated. It flew out my pocket. And it was like my only $10 on this whole earth. And I was on the bus crying like a baby. Like I knew I had to, I was so glad that before like real life smartphones, because I was just, I was crying, I was devastated. It was my only $10 and I really, really needed it. And, um, I did not understand why I went through that because losing that hundred thousand I realized, I was like, oh, I'm a real full-fledged entrepreneur because, like, I'm going to sleep right now. It's nothing I could do about it. Right. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. we got to find a different way to make it back. And what wound up happening is our customers that were from the community and around us was like, nah, yo, I had a horrible day. Like, I lost my aunt. I lost my uncle. I lost my father. I lost my sister. I lost my mom. Like, I lost all these people. I need a piece of chocolate. Mm. like yo my mother is suffering being in the house by herself can you mail her something I'm like yo we starting to get a lot of hits on the website and it was never like our our centralized like focus because we were always focused on corporate gifting that they were like we started like all right well listen yo you saw that that was like 2500 yesterday (laughs) like what was that Mm. like okay and okay let's go back on oh were like and then those same corporations that canceled everything was like yo our employees are in the house suffering can you send them some chocolate Mm -hmm. i'm like all right but now we've been closed for three months we ain't got no money to operate and ups is now taking a week and a half to deliver something that used to take a day so i'm like what the hell are we about to do like we need more money and I say, I say it's the craziest thing. Um, I never try to push my like religious beliefs on anybody because it's, it's more spiritual beliefs. But Oprah, Beyonce, and the CEO of Lowe's 
came together and saved all them chocolate factories. Mm. That's that's crazy. That's 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 crazy. That <laughs> tell us, please let us hear. The, let us hear the <laughs> craziness we at, on we how to because we were at zero, right? Right. Like, yes, we had all these orders coming in, but the mounting shipping delays, the amount of packages that were being lost. Remember, everybody was shipping everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think like we'd send out a hundred packages, and maybe twenty five would get where they were supposed to go. Maybe fifty percent was being lost, like packages that just were not delivered. Um, and then there was another large percentage where it's like melting. Um, you know, just time timing was off from. You know, it used to take one day to get things to Rhode Island and it was taking two weeks. Mm-hmm. Even upstate New York was like it was supposed to be one day and it was taking like a week and a half. Things was taking a week and a half to get to Brooklyn. So um, it was we were losing so much more money than we were making. Um, and the more the interest and in the brand started to grow, I'm like, we need real life money so that we can get into like uh, some bigger shipping platforms and, you know, maybe use a 3PL, which is like a third party logistics company that can ship your stuff for you. And they have more regulated rates and, and, you know, now they weren't, you remember, they weren't even guaranteeing overnight. They weren't guaranteeing anything. So it was like, they were only guaranteeing overnight, anything under that they weren't, um, there was no guarantees on so we were just in a place that's like, all right, listen, we have to shut down shipping because we're going to end our business on these losses. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, how are we going to survive until the winter when it's like, all right, if it takes a week to get there, it's fine because it's going to be cold the entire time. And on in like July, we got the call from Oprah. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what do you, what you, what you want to talk to us about? <laughs> how, how did, how did that happen? Was it the Oprah or was it like a representative for Oprah? It was her second, it was a second, it was her second in command mm-hmm. um, over at O Magazine, okay. um, Adam Glassman, who mm-hmm. actually called me. Um, and, uh, I was so afraid of the samples we were sending out. This is another samples conversation. <laughs> um, they wanted uh, to see what we could um, ship. Uh, and I'm like, okay, what can we do? And what can we do at a volume? And what can we do at a volume? And what can we make in six weeks mm-hmm. at volume? And so I'm like our chocolate bars, but we had never we had never made them at that scale. So I'm like, and we didn't have packaging. All we had was the actual bar. So I actually, me and my mother, we we glued like the packaging onto a box to just mm-hmm. uh, show what it would look like. And I like made some cutouts and some computer animations. And we had to ship it to we had to ship it to Oprah, and then we had to take two to other reps at the at the magazine. And um, I actually like I drove it to 
uh, someone's house. <laughs> mm-hmm, right. I sat in their driveway because I'm like, listen, I can't deal with you. You can't risk, you can't risk it. I can't <laughs> risk it. No, no, no. I, I sat outside like a psychopath <laughs> um, and, I, and I dropped it. And then he came into the driveway when I was leaving because I didn't want it to just sit out there. If he was like out for the day and then like anything getting melted. Mm-hmm. So I, I left it and then, um, and then drove off and they called me the next week like okay we saw the cutouts like do you truly think that you could do it like we're not trying to ruin your business whatever and i'm like no i wouldn't submit myself if i didn't think we could pull it off Mm -hmm. while also recognizing that I had no idea how the hell he was about to pull that off. Like, right, we ain't, yeah. we ain't got no money. We already in the hole from all these shipping disasters. Like, we don't have none of the bread. We have none of the startup to, you know, to even do a, a order at this level. They were asking us to be prepped for anywhere from ten to 15,000 units, which would mean somewhere around, like, 100,000 chocolate bars for us. And so I'm like, yeah, we can do it. I got you. And I'm like, how are we gonna get the how are we gonna get the money? And um, the next week, we won a grant from the CEO of Lowe's. And then I'm like, all right, all of that money is going into the Oprah order. We need to reopen this shop mm-hmm. because our our local community been asking, they've been supporting, they the reason why we still here. How are we going to open up? Like, we don't have no money. We don't, like, we have no money. Everything's tied up into Oprah. Everything's tied up on that. And the the and we just was like, all right, we're going to open, though. Right? <laughs> we just, we're just going to open and just see what happens. And um, the next week, we won the Beyonce grant, the Big Good grant. Nice. And nice. her promotion of it, we had, like, a line outside. Wow. Um, so between Oprah and Beyonce and the CEO of Lowe's, like they saved Harlem Chocolate Factory. Nice. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I know, I know, Sean, you have a question. I just want one follow up question and I'll back up. Yeah. Do you know how you got on the radar uh, for Owen? Um... Yo, I, I will tell you right here, right now. I don't know. Okay. I did. Um, I don't know how I, I don't, I don't know. I know that I uh, think, uh, someone one of like uh, someone from the magazine like came to the shop mm-hmm. one time mm-hmm. and like loved the chocolates and like threw our name in the hat that's what happens a lot of time like people just be throwing our name in the hat for stuff like there's a lot of opportunities that have come along that because somebody threw our name and like just was like oh what about um, chocolate factory like right, right and um that's how it's been like people just genuinely holding us down like we are a word of mouth brand like we have gotten to the sales that we've gotten um and i've i have spent 500 dollars on marketing and by accident also because mm-hmm. i signed up for like facebook ads and i didn't know like they were like oh what's your budget and so when i put five dollars i thought it was just going to be once i spent five dollars i was going to be done and it was like no it started charging my card Mm -hmm. it was like 260 dollars one week and i'm like oh no like how do i turn this off like and i didn't realize it was like for the clicks and five dollars was like the budget per 
person uh, for whatever volume we're getting. I, I still don't understand like Facebook ads, and which means I'm not like a, a wonderful marketer. I do not understand Instagram ads. I don't understand ads at all. Everything that we have done has been off of press and word of mouth. All the press that we have gotten is word of mouth. Great. Um, great. No, yeah. that's great. That's that's good. The rep, your rep precedes you. Uh, Sean, you had something? Yeah, I was just curious about, um, you mentioned earlier, or you at least alluded to like two iterations of the business, Chocolate Factory mm -hmm. 2.0. So I just wanted to kind of like circle back to that and, and let us, uh, if you could let us know like exactly, you know, when that happened, when you like, I guess, relaunched or just kind of tell us a little bit more about that part of it. I mean, I think, I think every day is a relaunch when you are figuring it out. I, I would say the Harlem Chocolate Factory that exists today isn't the same one that existed you know, last year, um, as I refine and become stronger as a business owner, like, I don't think I would have these same issues for any subsequent businesses I have, um, because I understand how to choose a model and how to stick to it. But for now, um, we are in a space where we, you know, we have our retail, uh, location and soon to be locations, um, and our production kitchen, and we are continuing to just grow brand awareness and being more intentional about growing brand awareness versus having it live um, in this kind of like haphazard when somebody bring my name up. I want it to be a space where you think about bringing up Harlem Chocolate Factory's name, not, um, not by accident. I don't know if that answers your question, but... Um, yeah, he, yeah, definitely did. Um, yeah, yeah, this is a uh, great, uh, Sean. Uh, I I feel like I've been hogging, so I just want to defer to you, but because uh, I'm like nah. I'm amazed over here. Actually. Um, See, so it lived up to the, the billing. In the yeah, it did. It did. I'm I'm <laughs> very intrigued. Um, so and I know we we're like way beyond time, but this might be a two two part of episode actually i'm um, sorry i need yeah. to so no, I apologize for no 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 we're not no i just be wanting people to really save themselves and to understand all the things that you have to consider right right like, everybody you, i i think that people need to understand what type of businesses they want to build right mm -hmm. and they're very intentional things that you have to do if you are trying to solely support yourself and then 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 maybe you don't need to do as many things as you think you need to do right like if i say like people trying to come out with products and people trying to come out with these things and if, if that's not the core of your business like perform your services and just do what you need to do i'm i'm never trying to have people limit themselves on where they need to be but i do think that in this culture where you are are less than if you don't have 10,000 things going on like how do you rest what is the point of your life if you are unhappy and you are chasing something that one you're not even aware of like there's a, a very specific level of sacrifice that goes into the level of business that I'm trying to create right like I didn't do this to 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 even do like oh a million dollars a year ain't enough for me. Ten million a year ain't enough for me. Like, but for this specific business, I think our thresholds are a little bit higher. If I am 
strategic enough. What I find is people are operating at level at levels not conducive to the life that they actually want to live. You're living and you're trying to run your $200,000 business like it's a $10 million business and creating havoc and commotion in your own life when you may be clearing more money. I know there are times my friends that have two, $300,000 businesses have made more money than me, <laughs> like personally. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you, 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 you worried about the revenue and you should be worried about the net. <laughs> like, oh, and, she talking... and, making sh- and making sure that you like, you're satisfied with mm-hmm. that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I have some very specific things that I think that this brand can break, but and it, and, it, and it doesn't make sense for us to not push it to that limit when the brand itself can do that. But I have other businesses I was like, oh, okay, like this is making me a cool little, you know, million in the background, right? And at the, at the time where this is set up and going and it don't need me no more, then I can get into those things. But I definitely just urge people to look at the business that they're actually creating and whether or not they want the stress, right? Like, I don't want to pass down the 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 stress of this business to my children, the operations. And it's actually like B. Dixon from Honeypot. Uh, we were on a, a call one time and she was like, Why like why would you ever damn your children with the operations that go into operating a a hundred million dollar business? Mm. Like, right? Mm-hmm. Like pass down a board seat, pass down something that you know, the, the royalties and the generation that without the stress, the point is for us to live peaceful and happy lives. Operations is stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, you know, that's, that's the point. But if you are in a space where you are netting an amount of money that brings you peace and calm and happiness and you operate your business in a state of peace and calm and happiness, then look for ways to have that be sustainable without you, without necessarily trying to hmm. specifically overgrow it. You know, right. like, yeah. that it just takes a different level. And now, if you can, if that's not something that 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 breaks you, if that's not something that wipes the sweat off your brow, then you're good. But I know that there are people who it's like that level of people management, that level of culture development ain't for you. Mm -hmm. You could be taking the money that you currently make and finding ways to invest it rather than only continuing to drill our people into being like workhorses, where it's like, nah, you got to be working for it. No, the only thing that makes sense is for the money to make its own. Mm -hmm. Like, let the money make the money. You won't have to own multiple businesses from an operational standpoint. Can you own a business? Absolutely. But owner operator, that that concept that people try to continue, continually grow themselves as operators is nuts. Listen, you are speaking to the choir right now. Uh, <laughs> no, right? She's like rehashing all of our previous episodes. You right? are. <laughs> so, I don't that's, think, that's... yeah, I don't think we had a guest who has said it so succinctly and just mm-hmm. all out in the open like that at once, especially with the time. So you. You ain't got to convince us. I, I mean, mean, listen, you... <laughs> yo, I was on Instagram every day. Everybody, you know, 
you need to, you, why you ain't start another business? I blamed it on Dame Dash. I said he started that with that book. Started, started it going crazy. My you son has cookies. About that. Uh, first of all, I love him, right? I do. Me too. No, no, no. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Rahala, there's just certain things, but it's like that uncle is like, all right, listen, chill out. Because mm-hmm. in that, it creates sometimes, especially when they take the sound bite, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, which his point was about ownership. The idea of not having a boss is silly because for me, when I worked at like when I worked at Department of Homeless Services, I had I had a boss and that's the person that I reported to, right? And that person had a boss and whatever, and there were these le- levels of like what people could do because HR comes in and it's like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And it's just like one person. You know, maybe on a big day when I have to report to other people, maybe I'm sitting around all the other bosses there, but I could count the amount of bosses I had, right? Like I was in it, I was the, the director of marketing. So I was pretty, I wasn't pretty low down. So I only had like maybe like 20 people above me. So those 20 and, and none of those 20 people are talking to, I'm talking to two people on a daily slash weekly basis. Harlem Chocolate Factory. Every single person that has a dollar that I want is my boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time I want cash from you, I want a, I want money from you. You become the boss. Now, do I need to navigate that relationship in a certain way? Like, I don't have to be your lap dog in order to do that. Like, I sell products. I have to have very. Uh, uh, like very strong lines between like Harlem Chocolate Factory sells chocolate. If you want to purchase Jessica Spaulding's time, that's a different cost because uh, sometimes with those product things, y'all, you know how much, you know, certain people just hate paying black people. So, uh, you know, it, yeah. it becomes this thing where people like, oh, nah, I want to own my own business because like, you know, just you ain't got no boss. I'm like, I just spent two hours on the phone with a woman mad because her chocolate bar melted. Mm-hmm. Baby, <laughs> right. that's not a, a book. And I wanted to hang up on her, right? I I, I want I, I still want to go back in time and hang up on her. But guess what? She owes, she orders like fucking $50,000 worth of chocolate for me over the lifetime of my business. Mm-hmm. So if, if I want to hear if she wants to complain about a chocolate bar for two hours, then that's what we're going to do, right. right? And she wound up complaining and wound up helping us because I'm like, listen, you want to complain about something that I'm complaining about too. You think I I ain't melted before I send it to you. Like, it melts. If you want us to to level up, give us some of your context, you know, help us with this. And, you know, it's the way you evangelize the people around you. But the idea that you're just not going to have somebody to report to, you have to report to your employees. When mm-hmm. I make mistakes, when I melted that chocolate, you know who money that came out of? Me. Ain't nobody else, like, anybody about to not get their check on Friday because I melted some damn chocolate? Like, niggas, they still want their money. Mm-hmm. Like, I report to every single one of them. When I make a, a decision and uh, when I make a move, when I'm, when I, when something is, is deciding and the, the, the absolute pressure of having to make decisions that make or break everyone's livelihood listen 
I take all of that to have Jeffrey tell me to put some peppies, pepperonis on the goddamn pizzas and, and put it through the oven in a second. But it, for what I've done, I, yeah, I'm in the position of the boss, but at the end of the day, I report to mad people. Right, right. Nope. Well, another gem. Uh, I, I, I do. <laughs> No, that's real. I mean, because especially now when we hear it, when we hear it so much nowadays, it's like a mantra. It's like people just say it off their tongue like any other. Oh, I'm my own boss. I have my own. But like it, thinking it means they don't have to answer it's to anybody. Silly. And it's kind of crazy. It's silly. Yeah. It's silly. And it's, a set, and it's a setup to make the everyday working person feel less than. Oh, yep. Right? Yep. Because when you feel less than, you're easier to control and to manipulate let me tell you something. If you are listening to this, you are an entrepreneur. If you go somewhere and you trade your time for money, that is a contract. You are not. You are not an enslaved person. You are not an indentured servant. It, it, you're, you're just not in any of those type of uh, categories. You have a contracted labor agreement where wherever you work at, which means you are an entrepreneur because you have negotiated your time for that money mm. now do you own the business no but also the debt ain't in your damn name so you got a better better deal i would love to have been a, a, an employee at harlem chocolate factory the employees at harlem chocolate factory have always made more money than me <laughs> um, that is so wonderful mm. now do i get am i gonna be straight on this exit am i gonna be straight at, Absolutely. But in the times of building, they are much more taken care of than I've been. Mm. But when you're somewhere that you feel like you're not being paid correctly, the opposite of that is not like people want to avoid the hard work to just go start a business. Mm -hmm. If you can't negotiate with Brian and HR over the, the money that you feel due, how you think you're going to call the people at this business trying to play you on paying their invoice? Mm -hmm. You have to negotiate at all times. You have to have that level of follow-up. If you are avoiding the conflict because you don't want to deal with the conflict around asking for your just due or finding out that people at the business is paid more than you and you don't want to up upset and ruffle feathers about the money that you feel owed, what you think you're going to be doing? You know how many times people have brought something and not paid and we have to go spin the block and I will pull up and, hey, yo, you want to hop on a call? We can figure out a payment plan because I need my bread. Like, <laughs> right. I, like if you can't play around that and avoiding the, the, the difficulties and stress of, of your job, you're not going to avoid it. They're just going to be expounded in business. Right. So if you're there and you need more money, then you need to be out here on this job market. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't want to pitch myself. I've got to pitch this business at every point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's no there's no escaping entrepreneurship. If you reign your life as if it were a business, you actually probably fare better um, mm -hmm. because you understand the, the cycle you're actually in mm -hmm. rather being subjected to it and feeling like you need to escape it. Right. That right. kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier about learning on the job to help you with your, with, you know, what you want to do. Absolutely. Why would you? Why would you? Why would you leave where you're working to to figure it out? If you're working, even like 
listen, the, the, the people with the best insight into franchises are people who are working at franchises, which is why people normally move up within the rank and become franchise owners because you've learned the brand, you've learned the operations. Who better to then do it than them? So there's always the there's always the opportunity. There's always a, a learning experience, and if there's ever one to learn it, learn it at work when you get in that check on Friday. And if you don't want your check on Friday, yo, bring it to me. <laughs> bring it to all, bring it to Harlem Chocolate. Uh, are you dropping like hints about your next uh, the next level the next venture for Harlem Chocolate Factory franchising? Are you are you dropping hints or that? Uh, yo, you know what's so funny? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. We fan um, franchise that that model is um, that model is amazing, and uh, I, I think that that could be a great model at some point. Um, not for where we are right now, but we do have some some things in the work that when they come out, um, I hope you know set the world on fire doing some some things that have never been done in our community. Um, and so uh, it, it's driving me crazy, but we gonna get there. Right, right. Well, uh, Jessica, it's it's been great, been amazing. Thank you for yeah. for your time. Usually, we oh, would ask, you. you know, we usually we would ask if you have any parting words or anything you want to tell the audience or <laughs> advice. I felt like feel like you've been doing that throughout the whole show, though. But uh, yeah. <laughs> anything listen, parting, any parting yo, items or yeah, it's really listen. I, I mean, I talk to entrepreneurs all day, every day. Mm -hmm. um, the 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 point is just to not give up mm -hmm. like every l can be come back from even if you need to pivot sometimes sometimes your business sucks and that's okay right mm -hmm. like and but you as a person you learn you adapt don't get high on your own supply and mm -hmm. make sure that you have the adaptation to try again and, and to try again in a different way or bring your skills to another company. Everybody not meant to be the CEO. Mm -hmm. And that's the point, right? Like if you are great in this sector, find somebody with a good idea that you can work for. Yeah. Small business is higher more than the, like if we total up all the employees in America that work for small businesses, they would outweigh the total amount of employees that work for the big businesses. Mm -hmm. And so you have more area uh, for, for you know, acceleration, if you want to hire title, whatever, in a small business. So don't count them out as, um, you know, opportunity. Right, so. right. Great, great. Um, yeah, well, we're, we're definitely, when we do get the episode up, we will yeah. uh, post all the business information. But, you know, anything you want to promote about any upcoming events at Harlem Chocolate Factory? And, well, you, you know, know uh, make sure that you come to our store. We're opened on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, we're located at 2363 Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard in Harlem between 138th and 139th Street. Um, if you are ever able to get a reservation at Tatiana, which is the number one restaurant in New York City, according to the New York Times, you will be able to order one of our beautiful uh, Harlem Chocolate Factory cheesecakes from their menu. And uh, just, you know, follow us on Instagram, Harlem Chocolate Factory. 
LinkedIn, Harlem Chocolate Factory. Um, and make sure you tell your boss to order you some chocolates for the next <laughs> little shindig. You know what for, I'm saying? Yes, for the next event, for sure. Thank you so much. Sean, uh, you have anything? Nope. Um, thank you for joining us and thank you for like sharing everything about your business. I'm so happy we got to like talk to you in depth and hey, we might need to bring you back for like a follow up. So. Oh, for oh, sure. Oh, listen, yeah. I got Listen, we, we didn't even get into the 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 specifics of the monies. And, oh, we got, um, yeah. Yeah, like at any time. <laughs> listen, I just don't want us all to be spending and wasting money in the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just like it's 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 really important that we not you know gatekeep or keep everything behind a paywall. Like we our our community just can't afford it, and mm-hmm. so. I share whatever knowledge I have um, on an open basis because these people on Instagram lies to y'all. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, and, and I'm sure our audience will uh, appreciate it as well. No, I appreciate uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. So that's a wrap for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed our in-depth conversation with Jessica about her business and journey. Hopefully provided you with some value and inspiration as you navigate through your own journey and personal life. As always, if you have a question you would like us to answer on the show, shoot us a message on any of our social media channels. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share on Spotify and iTunes. See you again soon. In the meantime, keep grinding. The Business Grind is for entertainment purposes. Opinions expressed are those solely of the host and guests. Please consult with a professional and exercise discretion before engaging in any business endeavors. I'm out here on the grind. I'm out here on the grind.